Ruth and Naomi had walked into the unknown, especially Ruth. She was from the country of Moab, which if you look at the map of the Middle East, you've got Israel on one side of the Dead Sea, well, Moab was on the other. Ruth had gone there. Naomi, sorry, <clears throat> Naomi had gone over while there was a famine. And her husband and her two sons had died. So her two, one of her daughter-in-laws, Ruth, goes back across the Dead Sea into the, to back to Israel. 3,000 years ago, it wasn't a great situation to be a woman without a husband or a father or a son. Because the men were the caretakers. Ruth couldn't enroll in the nearest community college. She couldn't even get a job at that Burger King. She and Naomi were going to be completely dependent on the kindness of others in the days long before welfare. They needed to be rescued. Ty Cobb, All-American baseball great, over 3,000 straight games, and for 12 years he led the American League in batting averages. For four of those years, he batted over 400. According to some, he was the meanest and most unlikable man ever to play the sport. Ty Cobb needed to be rescued. Johnny Cash felt or found that his rise to stardom brought more than fame and fortune. While he was rising in the charts and collecting gold records, his personal life was falling apart. He sought to ease life's pressures with pep pills, and his first arrest in 1965, found over a thousand pills on him. He went from a healthy 200 pounds to 140 pounds. Side effects of the drugs he took caused him to have a severe car accident. He sustained several broken bones and a concussion. Johnny Cash needed to be rescued. Fortunately, there are saviors. A young woman whom we'll call Natalie is a former EMT, emergency medical technician. Natalie had a regular job, but she volunteered one night a week with a rescue squad to respond to emergency situations. Like firefighters and other emergency personnel, EMTs take a lot of training so that when an emergency comes up and they respond, they don't have to think. They know immediately what to do, and they follow through. Well, one day off, Natalie was tubing with her family. If you've never been tubing, you get on an inner tube, in the river and you just, you float downstream. And sometimes there are some rapids, which was the case on this day, that Natalie and her her group had just come down some rapids and they started to hear screaming from a child. And when they looked up, they could see coming down the river over the rapids, a child, no life vest, no inner tube, just coming down in the water. Well, while other people were standing on the rocks or sitting in their inner tubes just watching, Natalie jumps out, gets out of that inner tube. She goes over and she rescues the child, pulls the child to safety. 
gets the back gets her back with her mother. She used that training. She became the savior of that child. And we may not be penniless like Ruth and Naomi. We may not be mean and unlikable like Ty Cobb. And we may not be addicted to drugs like Johnny Cash was. But even we need to be rescued. The short letter to Titus in the New Testament tells us, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, despicable, hating one another. When I read that passage in this week's Transformation Journal, I thought we were foolish, disobedient, and slaves to various passions and pleasures. As far as I can tell, we do pretty well avoiding the malice and the hatred, but in some ways we are still slaves to our various passions and pleasures. Don't you have one or two habits that, or, or recurring thoughts perhaps that keep you chained? We may even be slaves, slaves to our own personality flaws our desire to be in control, or our lack of self-discipline. We get caught like that child in the swift currents of our own foolishness, and we need to be rescued. As hard as we may swim, or dog paddle, or tread water, we find, over time, that we cannot save ourselves. A little boy wanted to be baptized and the church leaders were interviewing him to see whether he thought whether they thought he was ready. They asked, "How did you get saved?" And the boy answered, "God did his part and I did my part." Now the elders were smart, but they didn't understand that, so they questioned further and so and the boy then explained what he meant. I did the part of sinning, and God did the part of saving. I ran from God as fast as I could, and God took out after me until he finally ran me down. So think back for yourself. Do you remember a time when you felt like God ran you down? That Jesus rescued you from some situation? It may have been the fear of everlasting death. Or it may be that there's a living aspect to that salvation too. Did Jesus save you from a difficult lifestyle? Did Jesus save you from yourself? One of my conversions came near the end of my sophomore year in college. I had gone to church like a good little Baptist girl. Until I went away to college and then I turned to a bad little Baptist girl. And then a year and a half into college, there came a sudden, seemingly sudden realization of all that Jesus had done for me. For me. It didn't make sense to me. It was beyond my 
human comprehension. How could someone who didn't even know me care enough to make the sacrifices he did? How? I don't know still, but the realization that followed that was that I need to make some adjustments and start trying to live my life as a thank you note. Listen to the fuller passage from Titus, starting with the verse I previously read. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, despicable, hating one another. But... When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the water of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This Spirit he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now, there's a lot of unpacking that we could do, but we're not going to in that that, uh, passage. The recognition is that God saved us through Jesus Christ. Now, I suspect that most of us in here know that. But there are so many people out there who do not. Do we care? Do we want people to know that Jesus can rescue them? The people we encounter at the offices we visit, at the store, in the parking lot, our neighborhoods, even in our homes? What are we doing to help the Roanoke Valley know Jesus Christ as Savior? I pose that question to you. I pose that question to me. We want to help the Roanoke Valley know Jesus Christ as Savior. One pastor from Florida said, When our church is truly following Jesus, the crime rate in our city will decrease. Calvary Baptist Church has increasing power to make a difference in our valley. I think we're heading in that direction. And that salvation we know through Jesus Christ. His is the power that breaks the chains, binding us and binding others. We are captive to our mindsets, to our habits, our traditions. But if we are willing participants, Jesus can break any chain we set before him. Remember Ruth and Naomi who needed rescuing? 
The two widows didn't find a median at an intersection to beg. They sought and received salvation from a seemingly hopeless situation. And then Ruth and Boaz had a son named Obed, who fathered Jesse, who fathered King David, the great king of Israel and ancestor to who? Jesus. Remember Johnny Cash, who needed rescuing? In 1971, Johnny Cash sat in the pew of a a small church in his hometown. The pastor finished his sermon and appealed to the congregation to come to the Lord and make things right with God. And Johnny Cash stood up and walked to the wooden altar. Remember Ty Cobb, who needed rescuing? On his deathbed, Ty Cobb accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. He said, You tell the boys, I'm sorry it was the last part of the ninth that I came to know Christ. I wish it had taken place in the first half of the first. Sometimes the way out is not what we expect or even what we hope, but God always provides us with a way of salvation. Scientists studied a native tribe in South America whose people have been dying prematurely for generations. After lots of investigation, the cause of premature death was determined to be a disease transmitted by an insect that lived in the walls of their adobe homes. The new information about these insects presented four good options. See what you think they chose. First, they could move to another area where such insects don't exist. Second, they could tear down their homes and rebuild them. Third, they could use insecticide to rid their homes of the bugs. Or fourth, they could continue as they have and die early. So let's vote. Raise your hand if you think they moved to a different location. Okay. None. How many think they tore down and rebuilt their homes? Okay, maybe between 5 and 10%. How many think they used insecticide? Okay, a few more, maybe 25%. How many think they decided to remain as they were and do nothing about their problem? Okay, getting uh, heading towards 50. Yep, bingo. Number four, they decided to remain as they were, do nothing about their problem, and continue to die prematurely. Is this you? Is this me? Receiving Jesus' salvation is a lifelong process, but it begins with a simple step. Many of us probably have taken that step. Some of us may not have. If you want to be rescued by Jesus, it begins with a prayer. A prayer of openness and a prayer of sacrifice. A prayer of surrender. Let us pray. And if you are willing 
to be rescued by Jesus, repeat these words in your mind and your heart. Jesus, I rescue I recognize that I have done a good job of sinning. And you have done a good job of chasing me down. Help me to sacrifice my life for you. As you sacrificed yours to rescue me. Thank you for the gift of life. Amen.